On this episode of Mistake by the Take, Dylan and I go in and look at the Guardians once again this week. Take a look at Tristan McKenzie and Aaron Savali coming back and what that means for the rest of the rotation, as well as taking a look at a lot of the position battles that are going on and where they might lead to the future. At the end, wrap things up by talking about the bullpen issues and really the mismanagement that we think we've seen over the course of the year. Don't go anywhere. You're going to hear it all right here on this episode of Mistake by the Take. Episode 11 of Mistake by the Take. Jake Volnick alongside Dylan Feltovich. Always have to start with the most important question before we um, jump into our normal stuff, you know, guard stuff here. Uh, Dylan, how are we today? I'm, well, I was doing okay, but the thing is, like, you kind of pissed me off about we just got into a little argument. No, it's not a little argument. It's a pretty big argument because you're it absolutely is. No, it insane. Is. No, you're. I'm completely right because here's the thing. He starts quoting a Christmas movie. That yeah, I am an, not an too much Christmas of a fan. Movie. I'm, I, you know, listen, I'm not big movie Christmas kind of guy. All right, this but is ridiculous. Big, but the thing is, like, he quotes Elf, and he's like knocking me for not knowing that it's Elf, and I'm like, dude, I don't even like care for most Christmas movies, in my opinion. But the thing is, I'm like, all right, well, the maybe maybe we have music in common, you know, like well, we like Christmas music together kind of thing. No, he doesn't even listen to Christmas music. Not really. Like, you said it's more common to listen to Christmas music than it is yes, to watch is. Christmas mu- yes, movies. Yes, it is. It's no more, shot. way more common. Because, no. like, think about it. When you're driving around during Christmas time, blaring the music, you turn on the radio... I just, I don't see, I don't know. That's, that's I mean, bullshit. Maybe a completely hot take here. I do not like listen to, like, I'm not sitting in the car and like 99% of the time I'm not like, oh, like, you know, let me hear some Christmas music like Michael Buble well, no, or Mariah Carey. No shit, you're not going to do that. Like, I mean, like, I'm saying even Christmas time. Okay, all right. Like, obviously <laughs> for the majority of the year, okay? Like, if you're sitting there in July listening to Christmas music, we have a problem. We have a problem. Yeah, no, I agree. But like, you know, December 1st, Pop on the Christmas tunes. Oh, I don't like the word tunes either. I just said it. Yeah, you used it. So yeah, no, uh, but I don't know. No, Christmas movies absolutely more like you know, universal. I feel like an Elf is like okay. Well, that's my top Christmas movie, and you just said you think it's overrated. So we're just on. A I just bad think start all today. Christmas movies are overrated. Maybe maybe it's the fact that my. I feel like my mom probably just has watched. She's the one that always turns on like the Hallmark. Oh, movie. that's my mom too. Yeah, and it's just it's driving me crazy because I'm just like you know what's gonna happen, and it's like it's, it's the same town. story. It's the same story. My every mom always time. yeah. My mom always jokes around. She's just like I, when I retire, I want to move to one of those small Christmas towns in the Hallmark movies and shit. I'm like, God, it is. It's it's just painful. You know. No, I mean, they're downright bad. Like, yeah. It, at least we could agree on that one. Yeah, maybe that's where we should actually you know, jump into the podcast and right. yeah, start and some some actual sports talk. Christmas when we're six months out. Yeah, even, I mean, more than that, right? No, that's right. Never mind. Math. Um, we're two comm majors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll make, you know what? I'll make a graphic for that and post it on social media and see, like, who, like, knowing that I'm right. And, like, people will say, like, agree with me. Too. Oh, my. All right, please do because there's no way. There's just there's no yeah. shot anybody's picking movies over or music over movies. Excuse me. Um, all right, but I, I guess before we jump into the guards, though, we can kind of 
you know, talk about something a little closer to related, but not entirely get into our topic here yet. Uh, first things first, a little bit of D-Hop talk. We'll just mention it quickly because <laughs> it's still an ongoing debate. I um, love how we said last week, we're like, eh, yeah, this will probably be the last time we talk about D-Hop. It's whatever. But like, dude, these lines are like crazy right now. I don't know what to tell you. They're Did all- you see where we're at now? Like plus two fifty or three fifty, yeah, something two, like that. Two hundred plus two hundred. We're tied for first, I think. Oh my gosh! Which I'm is so funny sick of it, because, man. as you know, you know, Jake and I are constantly arguing about this one. My uh, Patriots are at plus one thousand one hundred there, but um, no, I mean it's just womp I don't. Womp. Yeah, womp womp. There you go. Um, I just don't think that we know what's going to happen at this point. Like, well, I know it's not going to happen. I know what, and I know it's not going to happen either. You, whatever, you be, here. How about this? Go on record and tell me what team you think it is. No, because I don't know what team I think it is. You're saying it's he's so, going to the Patriots. Listen, that's so bullshit. Because I'm throwing out a team and I'm actually making a prediction, and you're just being like, "Oh, I don't know." You're just trying to play it safe and stuff like that to cover your ego. And the thing is, I don't care about my ego. I don't oh, know where okay, he's then, going. Then put your name on the line, stick with the team, and roll with it. No, because I don't know where he's going. I'm not DeAndre Hopkins. Unreal, unreal. Dude. I have zero clue where this guy's going to end up. Not literally a, none. Not a true sports media guy here. He doesn't know ball. All crap. I know plenty of ball. I know where he could end up. I know the possibilities. I just don't think he's going to end up being a. He'd be dumb to be a Patriot. I'm not. And listen, I'm not disagreeing with you. Well, I don't think he's dumb. There's the money's there. I don't care about the money. Loves him. He's thirty. They need a wide receiver. I mean, dude, if if they go out there and they throw him eighteen to twenty mil, you're you're going to tell me that he's just not going to sign there. Because you know Bill, when he likes a receiver or likes a certain player, and it could be a weird thing that he has going on for him, like Nelson Aguilar for, I mean, that was, what, two years ago now in free agency? Yeah. Something like that. He overpays for him. I wouldn't be shocked if he tries to throw maybe 20 mil at him. I, I wouldn't be saying. surprised if he threw him the money. I'd be surprised if no, D-Hop bites. No one else is going to bite for that, like any anything close to that. The Bills don't even have the money for that. The Chiefs don't have the money for that. The Browns, maybe, but I don't even know if no, Andrew don't. Barry would do that. I mean... Not that kind of money. That's what I'm saying. At least, like, what? Like, they have money, but... I, I think it's 13 now? Yeah, 13 it's now? like 13 or 15, somewhere around there. 18. Even it's still... It's not enough. No, it's not And you're not going to use enough. your entire cap space on it. I wouldn't want to do it. If anything, get a defensive tackle, too, at this point. But, well, like, dude... No... Like, he's just not going to be a no. Patriot. Like, it'd, it'd be so I, stupid at you're 31 years old and, and again, you're going to go play for a team that has zero chance just for a couple extra million dollars when you're already just swimming in money. The dude is beyond rich, even for NFL standards. Like, he's made his bag. Everyone has a price. You just saw it with Liv and you, in the PGA. Everyone has a price. I'm sorry. And if it, the price is right, he's going to be a New England Patriot. Either way, uh, well, let's, let, let's stop arguing with each other about. Yeah, let's not get too far stuff. into living PGA because we yeah. want to talk dirty Saudi money. We could go there. Yeah, no kidding. But uh, <laughs> if we want to talk PGA in any capacity, we could just uh, mention the fact that my $140 win on Victor Hovland to win the Memorial Tournament. Shout out me. <laughs> um, but other than that, yeah, no, I don't really care. I played well yesterday. They do? 
No. Wait, yeah, in golf. Yeah. What? Because uh, I, I I know I texted you because you had posted it on uh, social media. Yeah. And I, I texted you plus forty seven. Yeah. That did well, you that feel better of, than that? Yeah, I did. Obviously. Okay. I, I like, wouldn't. I mean. Oh, <laughs> I've been, I'd be I've been golfing there. like three times a week. So like, but the thing is, um, no, I mean we did a two v two scramble and okay, you know we lost the first half, but came back the second half. Uh, unfortunately, do you know what you shot as a scramble? I think we shot an eighty one, but I had to leave after the twelfth hole for a dentist appointment, which kind of blew. So you shot eighty one through twelve. No, 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 no. 81 through the hole because oh, okay. my team did. And then oh, okay, okay, okay. I think we shot 41 on the first nine. On a par, you know? Uh, I think it was like probably 36. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. yeah you know. The usual. Not, not bad. Not too bad. Yeah. A few strokes over, but we're no pros here. No. Yeah, like I said, I would have been like, plus, you, yeah. you put me on a front nine, I'm going plus 30. Like, I probably. do not golf. Yeah, it's all good. It's a rich man sport, and I'm no rich man. So, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah, me too, man. Well, uh, yeah, I, we could actually get into the topic. But actually, before we do really quick, why not just elongate this a little yeah, more? How not? about the NBA Finals, man? Yeah. that. What is going on, right? Like, we've seen one of the closest games that I've seen this year in Game 2, and then Game 1 and 3 has been an absolute blowout. Yeah. I mean, Jokic is just so good, dude. Screw, I mean, don't screw Jokic. I mean, he's absolutely elite. He should have been the MVP. He's the best player in the league right now. But him and Jamal Murray, 30-point triple-doubles? Jamal Murray's just not getting enough attention either. That's the thing. And by the media, I'm saying, like, people, like, just... He's been a dog, and no one seems to care, honestly. I mean, dude, he put up what... I mean, Jokic only had 21 last night, and then... Jamal Murray. Oh wait, no. Oh, he had, no, no, no. They had thirty-two and thirty-four. I was yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what are you? Jokic. No, Jokic had twenty-one rebounds. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, they became the uh, that's the incredible. first first two teammates in NBA history in any game ever to record thirty-point triple doubles on the same night. You know that's like crazy because it's better than like the Jordan and Pippen duo when you think about it because like. You don't think Pippen put up those numbers, though? No, Pippen didn't, though. He, just got he like didn't a, put up equal numbers to Jordan. Not even close. Like, That's he was, what I'm saying. He's a distributor. I'm not saying that they're a better right, duo right, right. by any means, because, I mean, when you win so many championships as a duo, you kind of just automatically get that. Yeah. But, like, yeah, man, holy. That's both triple doubles. That's insane. 30-point triple. I mean, think about, like, for two guys to drop 30 and triple doubles is nuts. I mean, no one and, else really scored. You know, I mean, how could you? They combined for 66 points. It's easily going to be two-thirds close to it. Do you think they burn out at some point? In this series? Yeah. No. I don't think so. I, think I still fine. have it. Nuggets in five. I, I've been saying Nuggets in six, and I'll stick to it. So I think the Heat steal a oh, game so somewhere. Oh, so you stick to one answer. Yeah, when I actually um, am confident and I think I know what's going to happen and want to stick to it, yeah, I will stick to one answer. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. J- yeah. just needs to... He needs to he needs man up. Not should, really care about the ego, man. Should I give people a preview after that joke of yours? A preview of uh, a a preview of what actually counts. So like just a nice little uh, yeah, one of these. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We finally got some sound bites going. 
Just a couple right now. It's literally like pretty much the only one we have. We've we've previewed it and said like we're getting in the works of it, but yeah. So it'll it'll be something to look out for going forward. Yeah, but I guess we could actually get into you know the topic of the day. Yeah, we're really sorry, guys, for kind of like if you were just trying to listen to some guardians and just did not have that, but it's okay. I'm not sorry at all. Okay, bold guy. <laughs> I'm not sorry. This is my podcast. Uh, if you wanted to listen to just the Guardians, though, by the way, every time uh, we upload an episode, we do put timestamps, and those are always in the description and easy to find. If you just open it up and click and you want to skip a ep- uh, little segment like this and you're just like, I want to hear a specific part, they're all labeled. Yeah, especially, too, when you're trying to like find something from past episodes, too. You can just kind of hop around and yeah, find out anything. Yeah, I mean, it's really helpful. I yeah. mean, I, I've used it myself, and I'm the one who takes the time to go out and do it. So if you want to use it, go for it. But I'll just leave that, you know, shameless little plug to the work that I do there. He's just taking shots at me today, too. No, what? that wasn't even a shot at you. <laughs> I know. I'm just. What? You do your own you. work. Yeah. I do the back end stuff. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not posting to social media other than, you know, some basic tweets. Back end stuff. Whoa! 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 Pause. <laughs> we don't have, we don't have a soundbite for that yet. No, we do not have a soundbite <laughs> we'll for that. Up, we'll give some for that. Anywho, all right, but yeah, let's uh, let's d- dive right into it. Let's get yeah. into the guard stuff. Uh, last week of games or so. Last time we were on, we were recording on, I believe it was Tuesday. The guards Bieber was on the mound and they got shelled. We were on tu- We were recording last Tuesday, weren't we? I want to say it was either when it might have been Wednesday. Was it Wednesday? I'm not 100 percent sure because we, or did we do Monday for the Wednesday? No, 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 no. It was Wednesday. You're right. They started to get shelled and then they came back and the game ended 12 to 8. That was that the was the one. craziest. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It was Wednesday. Because we just kept like looking and refreshing and it would just be a new score every time. I just be like, what? Yeah. So that was the end of the Baltimore series. They take it two games to three. We were sitting there talking about yeah, like oh the dude they're getting shelled. Like Bieber doesn't like he's just not having it. And the offense woke up. Hello. Yeah, so it didn't even matter at that point. I think they had three home runs that game. Yeah, it was kind of impressive. I think it was Bell Naylor Arias, if I'm not mistaken. And like, okay. I could fact check that if you want, if you want to keep talking. Yeah, go for it. Um okay. you move on to Minnesota where four game series and it starts off about as bad as you could think. The guards go down, lose seven to six in a game they absolutely should have won. The bullpen does not have it that day. And then you lose a game one to nothing, which Welcome back to normal Guardians baseball because you can't score and your pitchers put on an absolute show. But they bounce back. They did. You got to give them their props. A 4-2, to two, a 2-1 two to one win to close it out. They split the series in Minnesota, which all things considered, you're going to be okay with going on the road against your primary division opponent and being able to split it. You just hope you do better when you're at home. Yeah. I mean, I would have obviously preferred at least three wins out of that one. And, right. But beggars can't be choosers. And the thing is, like, you, again, at this point, I'm glad we just at least split. Because if we went in there and we lost three or got swept, I mean, we'd be a lot more frustrated right now. Because oh, yeah. it's still at least, like, I mean, if we go out there, get swept, what, then we're five and a half games back looking in because right now we're at two and a half. I just checked this morning. Um, I believe the Twins lost last night as we're recording this on uh, Thursday. Uh, Yeah, so I feel like it was probably best at least to keep it in the the range of like, all right, we're going to be okay. And I don't know. 
again, beggars can't be choosers. You just got to do it. And also, too, you're right. It was those three home runs. Look at that. Yeah. I just committed us, useless knowledge to my brain about these teams. So Yeah, same here. When Dylan's sitting here saying, I don't know ball, baby. I know ball. <laughs> um, but... Those first two games, yeah, Minnesota, like that series just hurts a little bit extra because I feel like those first two games, again, you blew the seven to six game late. You you have a legitimate chance both games to win. That's the problem. It's not even a legitimate chance. Like you should have won both games. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, like seven to six. I mean, obviously, okay, I I should say you should have won both games. Minnesota played well, and like, it's not a discredit to them. Like they didn't throw it, but. At the same time, a game where you're up late, you lose seven to six. I feel like you should win. And anytime my pitching gives me a performance where they hold the other team to one run, I'm not expecting to lose. Right. I just, I don't know. It's gonna be. It's frustrating in the sense of like, if it was any other team, obviously I wouldn't have been too upset about splitting. But it's the first place team in your division, and this is the one where. If you truly are trying to be a contender this year, you're going to have to go in there and you're going to have to beat up this team, whether it's home or away. And you're going to have to win every series that you play against them, home or away. And you go out there and you split. So I'm not surprised. But at the same time, it's just like, when are we going to step up to take it to the next level? And I know we we crack jokes all the time about how, you know, oh, July, they start to heat up again and then they make their push. But it's just like, you can't rely on that every year because eventually it's going to burn you at some point because one team will eventually take over two in the division. It's not like you could just straggle along the whole time because, I mean, you look at Baltimore now. I mean, they were dog shit for X amount of years and then all of a sudden, like, they're good. And if you put them in our division, they'd be destroying everyone. So I just think that you're going to have to cut out the mediocre play and just going for splits all these times in order, when, like moving forward. And I'm with you on that 100%. But, like, dude, when does it actually happen, right? Like, how many times can we sit there and be like, you can't rely on the All Star break, post All Star break right. runs, you can't rely on them. And then every single year it happens and it works. And maybe I'm crazy, but it feels that way again this year. It, it definitely has the chance of doing that this year. But the thing is, all it takes is, like I said, all it takes is one team. What if the Twins go no, on a run Like two? I said, I'm with you. And we're like, screwed. We are, 100%. But like, it just it just feels like, you know, we're getting to June right now. The wheels are starting to kick. Things are starting to fall into place. And right on time, right. these guys might get hot and do exactly what they do. Yeah, and there's a couple of guys, too, in, with, the, with the sticks that we're going to talk about later that have been stepping up in key moments. But now it's just kind of getting the offense and pitching both moving at the same time and working in sinks and you're not so then you're not getting you know these one nothing losses or you know blowout loss anything like that it's just you got to start meshing together and playing as one but i mean again it yeah when it when when will end yeah dude it feels like it never will honestly like it feels like that's the recipe every year and it actually just works like and I hate it. I'm I'm so with you that it's not even funny. That it is the worst form of baseball I've ever seen. But like you're like it has a chance to happen this year. Well it better. Like we already dealt with the first half. Right. Like the beginning's already done. We already sucked to start. Like that's the issue. And then we pick it up. So 
Well, but the problem is like, yeah, okay, it's great. We get into the playoffs every year and stuff, but then like we just get bounced right after that whenever we go up against the other top teams. Like, okay, Yankees. Like, you already know going into that series, like, well, oh well, you know, they're the better team. I guess we're just gonna kind of fold. And it's it's how that it's how it goes every year. I mean, we've seen it when we played the Astros back in the day, and then last year was the Yankees, and it's just a cycle where it's just you need to eventually break it at some point. Yeah, I, I mean. I'll, you know, because I, I tossed this counterpoint to you before, but like, I mean, the series against the Yankees last year was three to two. Like, no, I, and I completely understand, but like, it's just when, when are you going to take the next step and just saying, and not being like, all right, yeah, we're just playoff, te- we're just a playoff team, and you're just going to maybe win a series here and there, but then you're eventually just not going to do anything else. Because yeah. it's, it, it, at that point, it's, Nothing like it means something in the NFL and NBA, but like when you're you have nothing to really lose, and like if tanking is not a real thing, like I guess it means a little bit more. But I, I, I don't know. I just think that it's just it it's painful knowing that you're just stuck in this endless cycle and not anything else. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> We're so far off topic, it's not even funny at this point, but, um, I mean, we're, we are, but we aren't, right? It's still, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's relevant. It's relevant, but it's, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll get back to the recap is what I'm trying right. to say, right? Like, uh, you go to, now it's Boston, you don't go to Boston, Boston actually comes to you, because we're at home this week, and we're two games into that, of course, again, as you mentioned, we're recording on Thursday, before the game, so we don't know what happens in the Thursday game, but we do have the last two, where... You get a split so far for the first two. You go out, lose the first one, five to four, and you take Wednesday's game five to two. I mean, overall, I don't know, a good start to the series. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's just going to depend on what you do in this last game of the series. Are you going to fold and go back to your usual ways and just lose the series? And oh, we got one. Okay, cool. No. You can't just have that mentality, it, it, or you're going to actually flip it, and you're going to win a series f- for the first time in what feels like forever at this point. But well, I mean, it basically was forever until that St. Louis series, right? Right. Like because before like, then, it was oh, I one of the beginning of the year. I mean, yeah. So it's just you need to if you're if you're going to truly contend, like you're going to have to start winning these key series, especially when you're at home too. And you know, Savali on the mound tonight. You're kind of you're you're hoping for something because we've been waiting for what supposedly is our number three again. We're probably not even gonna do numbers yeah, for not. our starting pitching anymore, except for our top two guys. But like, you're kind of hoping that he's gonna come out here and and chuck because I mean it's 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 important. Like it. No, hundred percent it is. But I mean, you set me up perfectly to transition to this rotation. But I'm just gonna blow the transition right now. Because you were at the game. Yeah, it was. And I think you had a little bit of a story oh that my you wanted God. to tell. Dude, This I was going to try to say it in the intro, but we totally got off topic. Um, so I'm at the game with a couple of my buddies, and we're in the standing room section. Not where you usually stand, but in like the other side. You know how there's like... So you're up by right field then? Yeah. Okay. So I'm standing there, right? Um, Brennan playing right field. He right. probably, I think it was like 
the eighth inning, bottom eight. He, you know, all very, very generous for all these players to throw up the baseball and stuff into the stands, right? So Miles Brennan throws it up. Your friend didn't. Well, here, let me, let me get to it. Let me get to it. He throws it up to our section. And usually, you know, it's not that far up and it's it won't go too far. But this one gets it, it gets some distance on it. And I'm like, I'm kind of looking. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. We're going to get this one. Oh, my gosh. And then it starts to drift left just a little bit. But from me. And luckily, luckily, my 6'7 friend from Notre Dame who was on the state championship winning team with me, played first base. Was oh, standing, he's, got, he's got sure hands. Standing right there. And I'm like, oh, we're going to get it. He's going to catch it. It bounces off his hands, and it goes flying back, and some other dude catches it. I, I'm not even kidding you. You can't make this up. That, that, A six seven. He didn't even have to jump. I was <laughs> if I if it was me who's standing at maybe five nine, I would have had to like Odell that shit. And he, he all he had to do is put his arm up. Huh? And we just my other friend and I just screamed at him. What are you doing, dude? Like this is unreal. And the guy like saw this transpire. The one who actually caught the ball. And he tries to flip it back to us to, to like be generous. Oh, Very no, great no, guy. no, no, yeah. But he flipped it to my friend, not the one that can't catch now. He flipped it to my other friend, and we're like, no, 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 no. We gave it back to that dude because we didn't deserve it. No, it absolutely was not. unreal. I was just like, oh, my goodness. We called his dad after, and we told him what happened, and his dad was not pleased. Yeah, I'm. come on. Yeah. I, you know, I've never in a major league game have a chance to catch a ball ever. Yeah, and that's what happened with my friend. He never yeah. has had the chance. That was his one time, and he blew it. I'm 21 years old. I've been to, I mean, literally hundreds of Guardians games alone, let alone, you know, I've made my way around to some other parks as well. Right. Never a chance at a fly ball. And, like, granted, I'm not buying the best seats all the time, but, but like, still, you standing room's pretty good where we're yeah. at right now. I would Especially sit up, with home runs. I would Never sit up in the uh, in the, like the four hundreds, yeah, which not terrible. Anybody, yeah, progressive. Yeah. It's four hundreds, then five hundreds, so yeah. not at the top, but like you're in the top section and go down. So like it's possible. Yeah, for I've sure. I've definitely seen balls get up there. Just never, never, never ever had a chance. Yeah. Not even like you know a couple seats away from me. Nothing. I've had one, I, and I I caught it. All right, well, shout out you. At least you came away with it. You know, I mean, it was kind of like I. If I didn't catch it, we would have been in deep trouble. We would have been like my friend, you know? Yeah. Um, anywho. Um, which, by the way, I'm going to push this off topic one more time. But if, if you haven't gotten the, the memo of this episode, uh, we're very off topic. But not really afraid to because I don't care. But uh, there you go. I don't know if you've been uh, paying attention. It's all over Twitter, all over, you know, every social media at this point. But Red's called up star shortstop Ellie De La Cruz. Dude, who, was beast. Yeah, uh, he's six seven. And hit a ball that literally got tracked by the airport's radar the other night. Can he catch though? Um, like behind the plate or no. the actual ball? Because I'm just saying that. Oh, because he's six seven, he's like six, your friend, seven, like my friend. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm pretty confident he can actually catch. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, he's one of the top prospects in the MLB. I'm so. still pissed off about it, so <laughs> as you can tell. Yeah, but so Ellie literally hit a home run that was, I believe, 114 miles an hour off the bat and 148 feet into the air. And it literally got hit, like, tracked on the local airport's radar. 
Like his hits got tracked, which is insane. Fucking nuts. But so it gets all the way up there. And I don't know if you saw this, but it sparked some debate. And I want to hear your topic, like your your side of it. Okay. Okay. Hits a home run. Ball gets out. Kids get it. Obviously, it's his first big league home run. Mm -hmm. So the staff goes and tries to retrieve the ball. The kids, on the other hand, were like, I'm not giving it up. But they negotiated eventually, Ellie gets the ball. But, okay, so I'm under the impression that big leaguers should get their first hit. Absolutely, the ball that you hit, like, safely for the first time, home run or not, you should get the ball. Past that, I don't think these players should have any entitlement to the ball that they're hitting. Like, I get it. I could see. mm, I get it. There's certain scenarios. Like, big milestones and stuff, I get that you want the ball. But there shouldn't be, like, an entitlement that, like, the player should get the ball and the fan should give it up to them. Well, I think, I don't know. I, it will, I mean, what about a 3,000 hit? If you, if the 3,000th hit, right, let's, I don't even know who's even relatively close or on pace for 3,000 hits right now. But theoretically, you know, let's say J-Ram were to get to 3,000 hits. Probably not going to happen, but right. in theory. If it's a home run and you catch the ball out in the bleachers, you're sitting out there, you're flipping it over to the staff member? You're like, oh, oh that's... No, 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 I'm not flipping it over right no, there. No, 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 absolutely no. not. I'm negotiating and I'm going to get a, a shitload of that's stuff That's what I'm saying. It. But like, no, people, are, people are trashing on these kids for negotiating. No, I, okay, no, I, I completely agree. You should be negotiating it. I'm not, I'm saying though that these guys should have the balls, but you need to have a fair compensation for it. Especially those big ones, right? Like... Okay, first hit or, like, first home run, okay, whatever. Like, I'll take, like, you know, a signed ball and, like, a picture, get to meet Ellie. Right. That's fine. Bro, when we were talking, like, Aaron Judge's 60th whatever home run it was last year, I'm taking the bag. Yeah. Like, no. all of the bag. Yeah, I'm Like, getting... I am milking the New York Yankees for every penny I could possibly get for this ball. Yeah. No, I agree. And it's the I'm teams the paying thing. for it. Yeah. And most of the stuff they're not even paying for. Like, what are they going to hand away to me? Like, I'd want... I don't even really care about cash straight up. I mean, if you're going to offer it, sure. No, I'm taking cash straight up. I I mean, that's what I'm saying. No, I'm saying if they're going to offer it, but, like, most teams aren't just going to be like, here's $100,000 for the ball. Like... True. Yeah, like, they're going to offer you, like, compensation. What are they going to offer me? Season tickets, which technically cost you something, but, like, it's one ticket to you. You know, I, I know how this works. It's not that expensive. Right. In the grand scheme of things. Like money to the team shop, I'm still going to your team shop. Like okay, and then any picture, meeting, autograph, memorabilia costs you nothing. I mean pennies on the dollar. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I guess I I you'd have to look at some of the compensation. That well, is, first off, I think the guy who gave up. Aaron Judge's home run got robbed. But what, what was it? Do you know? Oh, not off the top of my head. I could find it, but I don't remember off the top of my head. I know the guy who caught um, the touchdown, the who got the ball from Tom Brady's touchdown that Mike Evans threw up there. That man got fairly compensated, especially considering it wasn't Tom Brady's last touchdown. Right. Well, yeah, that's crazy to think about too. You would, th- yeah. Like if he holds onto that ball, I mean, it's worth something, but like. It's not worth what everyone was valuing it at. Obviously, yeah. 
I, I don't know. I just, I feel like you, I mean, what can they give up though? That's the problem. What do you, like, like I said, you can give up that season team's, tickets. Yeah. Money to the team shop, which again, then I'm still which buying your memorabilia. I'd be like, you know what I'd be like? I'd just be like, I want to be a lifetime season ticket right. owner. Dude. And give when, me like the gold pass for them. I'll be, but like just for the guardians. And when we're talking like big milestones, like yeah. Tom Brady's last ball, oh, you can at least give me a couple years worth of season tickets. What an idiot Mike Evans was for that, by the way. Yeah, I, I don't know what he's doing there. But it was it was interesting. I don't remember what the compensation for Judge was, and I was trying to find it like really quick, but it's not like just a straight pop up. It's going to take some reading, and yeah, we're in the middle of a podcast, so that's probably not in my best interest. Oh well, but yeah, I just wanted to hear what you kind of thought about that. Yeah, get a bag. Yeah, that's like sorry. that's what I'm, like. It doesn't cost the player anything, which is my biggest thing because that's who it means something to. Right. Like I'm not going to milk the player for what they're worth, but the organization. Yeah. Why not? Oh, absolutely. I'm taking down the org. <laughs> Like, take down the big corporation. That's what I'm saying, dude. Woo! To hell with the big man, right? Yeah, there like, we go. I, I'm getting my money. I'm I'm the individual. It all here. goes back to live golf and PJ. <laughs> we need to get back on top, dude. I would take Saudi for everything they're worth. Oh my gosh, and they'd be worth it again tomorrow. My lord. Um. Yeah, but we'll get back on uh, yeah. on track here. So that was like a seven minute diversion. But if you didn't remember, we are talking about the Cleveland Guardians overall. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, we are. Okay. Interestingly, um, and we're actually <laughs> sorry, uh, we're actually going to um, to break into the rotation. And one of our last episodes is really heavily focused on what was going to happen with all the guys coming back and stuff. So we've actually seen most of them come back. Yeah, it's kind of really panned out in that sense where we've gotten a lot of. Of our questions answered. We have and we haven't, right? I feel like we have, truthfully. I feel like we have too, but it's not truly answered. We, you can say that you think it is. I, I'm with you. I think it is answered. But like, and if you don't know what we're talking about, McKenzie and Savali added back to the rotation, but nobody's stopped pitching yet. It's just been technically Cal Quantrill, but Quantrill has shoulder inflammations on the 15-day IL. That's your answer right there. Sorry, like, no matter what happens. I, like I said, I agree. You're right. It is him. He is the odd man out. But we I, don't know for sure right now. I think if one guy starts to fade a little bit, especially one of the rookies down the stretch, then I could say maybe a push. But I think once Quantro comes back, I think you're looking at a guy that's going to be probably in the bullpen unless they want to do something funky where – Maybe like one day they just give a pitcher a break, but you never really see that kind of thing. Yeah, not really. So I feel like if an injury, it's more of like he's going to be kind of a safety net. If someone gets injured, then yeah, you just step right back up. But the thing is, you know, then you're still going through, no matter what's going to happen, unless you move off of Bieber, like you're going to just go through this. Like it's inevitable because you have six pitchers that are starting caliber pitchers. Probably seven. Probably, I'm just saying. I know right now in the bigs, but I'm right. just saying, like, you run into more issues down the road too. This isn't like right, a obviously, done, but. but for now, six pitchers that can start for any team at this point, most likely. I mean, just about right. Yeah, for so, the generality. I mean, 
until there's a trade. This is what we're going to have to deal with. It's going to be a constant rotation, I feel like, and whoever is the hot hand gets it. Yeah, and a big reason for those questions being answered, by the way, the way McKenzie and Savali both pitched in their first game back. I mean, dude, McKenzie. Dude. Wow. So I'll start with Savali. We'll get to McKenzie right after. But Savali, because he pitched Friday, went five innings, four hits, gave up a one run. That's a good deal. More than you can ask for at that point. Yeah, like, especially from your first start after an injury. Yeah, I'll yeah, take like, that any single day. An oblique injury too, which like we're now monitoring guys very heavily for oblique injuries because easily reaggravated injury. Right, like that's not a you know absolutely nothing. I say one run. I don't know where I got that from off the top of my head. By the way, it was scoreless. Yeah, I, I don't know why one run I had written down, but it was scoreless. I mean, it's just. I don't know. It, it's weird to think like both of Savali and McKenzie, like they just came back and chucked. Yeah, McKenzie, right five innings, no runs, gave up one hit, a singular hit, and struck out in five innings, 10 batters. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. I mean, welcome back. And well, and the thing is, we've been like, we were always saying, like, oh, you know, McKenzie's probably not going to get the start. It's going to be, you know, maybe one more start down in the minors, go for five or something like that. Nope. That dude didn't need it. We're back. We're back. He's good to go. I'm assuming that he's, what, he's Sunday again? Or what what day is he going to go again? Um, Off the top of my head. What? Uh, He went Sunday? No, Saturday. Saturday. He's going to go Saturday. Um. To be in the middle of the the series with the the Astros, um, I mean, you're probably hoping for seven that point, right? It depends pitch count, of course, more obviously. Telling, but but if it, he's good, you expect him to go. You like, expect him because he's back to normal, right? Yeah, like, he's back. I'm I'm assuming so. Like that's that's what I want to see out of him this start. Like you got right, your, That's what I'm gonna. That's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting him to go out there and say if he's doing well enough and the pitch count is sort of low. We're gonna go seven at least with you because you gotta at least work your way up, and you can't just keep pitching five inning games. You know, our right. bullpen is not you, ideal. You, you probably cap around like eighty to ninety. I would say. I think I'd they probably say that. Do you know what his pitch count was on uh, Sunday? Not off the top of my head. I know they did have him on a pitch count limit, like not a hard oh. limit, but they said they wanted to keep him between. I want to say it was like eighty and ninety, and he felt like eighty three by the end of his inning. Seventy nine. Yeah. So, right, right around there. Maybe it was seventy-five to eighty, the number I was thinking of. Yeah, but that was some. It was they had a ballpark number they wanted. I'm at. assuming then you're going to probably get. You'll see him probably come close to the ninety range. Yeah, I would say like eighty-five, ninety here. Yeah, which I'm assuming. Okay, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be mad if he went six then. Yeah. If he doesn't go the full seven, if he gets six, that's all right. Yeah, I, and I wouldn't say it's his max yet. Probably, maybe we jump the gun a little bit, but like. That's it's, not a max though no, either because it, we've seen him pitch close. more though. Yeah. So I, I'm just saying though in general, like you do, you should be ex- expecting at some point for him to get to a maximum of like, all right, dude, if you're just balling out there, keep going, kind of thing. Yeah. And I mean, dude, shout out both these guys for real though. Like to be able to both come back, it's hard coming back from injuries too because I mean I've done it before in my my baseball career with in high school where it's just like I was out for two, three weeks, which compared to this doesn't even seem that much, but like it was pretty hard that first game coming back. You're just like trying to get in the swing of things. You're just standing there like, holy shit, like 
It, it, it doesn't feel right. It feels awkward. And you need a couple games to get, like, broken into. And then eventually, like, it starts starts to pan out. But, like, if you go out there, I mean, five innings and 10Ks and then five innings from Savali and get only, only get before hits, like, yeah, like I just, it's crazy. It's your top stuff. You're, you yeah. still have the swing and miss if you're McKenzie. The velo from both guys looked there. The off speed looked like it was there. Right, and well, and the thing is with McKenzie too, it's not even like he's a velo guy, so you weren't even right. really worried about that. If if he was like eighty eights, then like you're like, oh, okay, maybe the velo is down. But like he's usually just nineties, ninety two guy, not gonna blow up the radar gun. It's just he's he's a swing and miss guy, like you said. And I mean, they were swinging and missing, obviously. So yeah, it, there was a time, and out in the third inning, I think I mentioned this last episode too. Dude, he had struck out five of seven. Yeah, it was it was nuts. Like how huh? I was I was working the game. I was um working for the Rubber Ducks that day, so I was just kind of like peeping and looking at the TV every once in a while, and I like fi- saw the final stat line of him. I'm like, dang, like that was that was pretty impressive. Yeah, so, and it's a good sign because now you're kind of leads into our next point, right? Yeah, it's a I good mean, sign because because. Uh, I feel like it's inevitable. It's inevitable. The the it Guardians are trading Shane Bieber. It's when. Who are they going to, when, and what are you getting back? Those are the the questions left to be answered. Like, I think... It's the perfect time to move off of him, too. We talked about this. Yes. He, he has a year and a half left on his contract, right? So you're, you're basically getting a playoff run Bieber and a one-year rental. So, and, and this is... If you keep him through this year, he loses his value. You're you're not giving up anything to have a guy for a playoff run. Like that it's realistically not gonna happen. So your values here and all the guys behind him are lighting it up. Like now's the time. Whether he's good or not, and we haven't seen him have his best stuff. The velo's down. he's still like listen, the guy knows how to pitch, right? Like Right, there's no doubt about that. He's one of the best in the game. He's still forcing outs, but it's like He's gone away from the swing and miss. His velo's down. And those are signs that you look at in an older pitcher where you're like, all right, like the tail off is coming. Like it doesn't have to be a drop off, but like he's going to get worse. So I think, I've said it before, I think that is most likely what's going to happen is they're going to try to milk as much as they can out of him for now, especially with all the injuries going on to the point where it's just like, okay, Maybe the trade deadline, you see a move because you, when you think about it, there's more desperate teams at that point. Because right now you're standing at it and you're you're looking at it. You're the desperate team. You're the one that wants to move off of him. No team right now is being like, please, like we we need him because it's only middle of June right now. You know, it, it's not like we're in the dog days of July and August where, you know, our playoff push, it's, it's heating up or anything like that. No, like it, it, teams can still figure out their pitching scenario right now, and they're not too worried about it. But, I mean, closer to the trade deadline, you look at it and you're like, all right, one of the a star goes down on a team that's fighting for a playoff spot. They need to make it this year kind of thing. Yeah, I can totally see him getting dumped at that point. But the thing is, like, how is he going to pitch by in July? Like, from now till July? Because the thing is, like, what if he starts just going out there and just... Not pitching well? Yeah. yeah. His you value the drops. Value. Right. So that's where that's the problem where it's just like, okay, if you move off of him now, are you going to get 
what you deserve for him because, I mean, it's not a desperate time for most teams. You don't see trades going down right now for a reason. If the, if it, if teams were desperate right now, there would be a lot more trades. But no team is like, oh my god, hitting the panic button. Like, we're if we don't get this, if we don't get another starter in here, we're screwed. The season's over. Like, no, it's not that time. And I think the Guardians are going to hold on a little bit longer. Maybe something happens where an injury goes again with a prominent team. Say, like, what if like the Yankees are just got the injury bug or something like that? ship him off over there. Like, it's just, it's one of those things, you know, granted, obviously you don't want to trade someone in the AL, but I'm just saying, like, a, a team would be shopping for that point, and I don't know. Listen, for the right return, I think you're okay making the trade in the AL, too. I think so, too. Like, if, if you're making another team worse, theoretically, right, like, quote-unquote worse, like, you're taking their bats, you're making their offense worse, but they're pitching better, but getting the opposite in return... Like, if you still feel like you're the better team, then who cares, right? Yeah. I And I, I'm trying to look at teams that are, like, possible, you know, trade suitors for Bieber. I think the Yankees. I, they could use a little bit of rotation help for sure. Yeah. I think the L.A. Dodgers, also a team that's been struggling a little bit in the rotation, could use a little bit of depth there. And you get a Cali kid who actually might stay around. Right. Um. I mean... The Angels, I would also say kind of the same reason. You know what might be a sleeper one? I was about to yell at one name. Let's see if this matches. The Texas Rangers? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, who That's just who I down? think just entered the conversation because, yeah. as you say, Jacob deGrom is getting Tommy John surgery, and, I mean, don't get me started on that guy. But Because right now, here's the thing. The, which is really crazy to say this, the Texas Rangers... Dude, they're they're on top. They have the second most wins in all of MLB. Yeah. No, I mean, they're killing it right that now. That doesn't feel right saying that, obviously. <laughs> it, it probably should have. And you know what the crazy part is, too? A little side tangent about that. Their pitching prospects are nuts. They got a steal in... Okay, well, they first got that Jack Leiter kid. Um, Leiter, that's the Vandy kid? Yeah. yeah. His dad played in the majors. Right. Kid was filthy at Vanderbilt. But what people forgot was, like, Kamar Rocker was on that same team, and he gets drafted later on in the same draft, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Yeah, I think he goes same draft. To the Mets. But something yeah. with the medical... No, I think something... Yeah. Was it the same draft or something yeah, went wrong? It was wrong. the same yeah. draft. It was the same draft, but something happened with the medicals. He doesn't sign. So then he goes and plays indie ball for a year, lights it up again, and then they go back into the draft next year, and they get Kamar Rocker. So, like, their pitching prospects are nuts. And it's, like, it's almost even, like, hoping, like, what you want the Guardians to be doing right now, too. Because it's just, like, oh, my God, like, they have depth in their in their minor league system, waiting, kind of brewing up. But they're also dominating in the league, too, currently. And they're not... I mean, I guess you could make the case that they're a big market team, but like they're not. No, they're not. No, I don't think the only Dallas reason is why a I would, major market. I would say the only reason why I would say it is just because of Jerry. Yeah, but it's still. I think that's. I think yeah, it, it's, it's more football than anything for sure. Yeah, and it, I it is. I wouldn't call it a big market. I call it a mid market. Either way, though, I think that it's just those are definitely 
there's that that's what I'm saying. Like Jacob Degrom goes down, they're instantly in the conversation now because I mean, like we say that they have all these pitching prospects, but they're just prospects right now because they've right. just been drafted. Like Kamar Rocker was last year, he got drafted, and then the year before that was uh, Jack Leiter. So it's you're you gotta you just have to wait it out a little bit longer and just hope that he just keeps pitching on a Cy Young level like he used to. Not even like Cy Young level, just like an ace starting caliber guy. Because it, it, the thing is, like if he like if he bombs, then what do you get in return? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the big question, right? You don't no know teams, what you get. No teams, because then if you're if he bombs. You're kind of just looking at it. You're like, well, he's not been pitching well. He's probably just going to be a playoff rental. Like, what am I getting in return? I'm not going to give you up a bat or anything like that. And we're still probably going to disagree on what our return should be. I think there's one name that I keep saying that I really want, and you still don't agree with it too, that Joe Adele. Yeah, I'm not a big Adele guy. See, I was just high of... um, with him coming out. He's but. he's a big strikeout guy. I mean, he's hitting like 240, 250 this year. Like which for our roster, I mean, it's not somehow terrible, would be higher. But the thing is, but he's not getting a lot of like the playing time issue there is like kind of prevalent in the sense of like they just have so many guys. It's like it's like our pitching rotation. Like it's just there's so many batters in that lineup where he just kind of gets pushed out of it in some instances. So I I feel like Again, I know I'm high on him, probably a little bit too much, but he's got wicked power, and what do we need right now? Power. Yeah, I mean, we do. I don't know. I, it's, I, it's we do so need tough. consistency, I agree, but I, I just think that's one name that I would, that I'm really, you know, if he did, if that was part of the trade. What, is, what does he play? Is he not a... He's an outfielder. Outfielder, right? Yeah. I think you could, you could probably, I would put him in right. There you go. If you're going to put him in right now? Hey, enjoying this edition of Mistake by the Take? Never miss an episode by hitting the follow button on the podcast and by dropping a follow on all of our socials. That's at Mistake by the Take on Instagram and at MBTT Pod on Twitter. Again, at Mistake by the Take on Instagram and at MBTT Pod on Twitter. Thanks a lot. And now back to the show. Oh, we're going to bounce into well, yeah, that we, one now, aren't we? Let's just flip Dude, over. I mean, we're going to. We're killing it with these transitions, yeah. though. You want to put him in right, but uh, for the second time this episode, I say, hello. Yeah. Will Brennan. Called it on Wednesday, too, by the way. Dude's hitting 260. Yeah. I feel like the last time we talked about this guy, he was hitting 190. No. Pretty close. No, I mean, we might have mentioned him when he climbed up one more time, but like, it was not that long ago that he was hitting like 200 sub 200. Yeah, no, but we talked about it on, on uh, Wednesday's podcast, yeah, we when the, one of the questions. That's what I was like, we, we brought yeah. it up a little bit. But but the thing is, we did say at the moment, we were like, listen, like if he starts to shit the bed again. It's possible. Yank him out, but he has not been shitting the bed. No, he's. I mean, he's been killing it. Like yeah. yesterday, he was 0 for 4. His average is still a 261. Right. Like that just goes to show you that he's still batting pretty well. He has a better average than Jose Ramirez right now. 
which is well, but I don't want to say I, I don't like playing that game just because Jose's had way, way more at bats, one hundred percent. No, I'm I'm with you, but like in theory, he's hitting better than Jose Ramirez right now. Right now, yes. Right, like that's okay, but you're telling but me the thing is you're going to go out and trade Bieber, get Joe Adele, and just say, all right, you know, see you, Brennan. No, not like you can't. No, no, no. That's not necessarily what I'm saying though. But but the thing is like. When you look at Terry Francona, he is like notorious for the pl- the platoon swaps. And unfortunately, he is. So it plays right into the system because if you think about it, if you're facing a team that okay, their pitching's not very well and you need more of just that you you can trust a guy more that's going to probably hit a long ball and you don't need much of a consistent thing because the rest of your bats are doing well, then you stick Joe in. But then if you go and you, you're facing a team that's pretty tough, they pitching's on fire recently, you just need a consistent bat in there. You stick in, you stick in Brennan. I just, I don't, I said Miles Brennan, by the way, earlier in the, in the thing. I don't know why I said that, but. Yeah, it's fine. Either way. They know what you're talking about. Will Brennan. Um, I just tried my, my, my bad. I got two different points to that, though, like. One, if you do that with Odell, then are you not just doing exactly what the Angels are doing to him right now? I'm not saying that, like, we're, but we're do it, it doesn't really, that's more of our system. Yeah. The Angels don't do that as much as we do. No, 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 that's they don't, the they don't. But you, I mean, you are just cutting his playing time away. But more importantly, I think, two, and of course this would, I know we're playing under the preface that Brennan would play poorly more so, but like. The way he's playing right now, he's an everyday bat. Like you can pull Brennan out of the lineup right now. But he is hitting well enough to be an everyday bat, and he is not a liability defensively to argue keeping him out at any point. Yeah, you can't. I don't think you can stick him at DH with. I mean, you'd have to probably. You'd have to. You'd have to sit Naylor or Bell. You're like not going to do that. Day scenario. Yeah. The only thing is then, like, okay, I'm I'm getting really down the line then. So what if? What happens if he somehow climbs above 300 this year? Just hypothetically. Adele or Brennan? Brennan. Okay. Well, first off, I think right now Brennan should be hitting in the two. Shout out to Med Rosario, who we haven't mentioned yet so far, He's but sort of been turning around a little bit. A little bit. He uh, he used three Last for four. Last night he was really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Wednesday's Naylor, game, yeah. three for four. Both him and Naylor. Like shout out to Med for that. He was coming off of a bit of an injury, I think left knee soreness it was. He missed two games. Something like that, yeah. And the game before, his second game that he missed was actually the game that he just missed the start of. He pinched it in the ninth and drove in an RBI with a single. Yeah, I just... What happens, though, my question, Brennan finishes above 300, something like that. He really puts it together, and say we do make the playoffs, has a really good... Just overall, he finishes the year well. Yes. What happens with that spot? Because we talked about it on Wednesday's podcast. We don't think this is going to be an issue next year. What the the right field? Like who's going to go there? Right. Because you know I, I think you look there. at the same thing you're doing with the rotation right now. You ask who the odd man out is, and I think right now, without a question, it's Miles Straw. Really? Like, not without a question. I shouldn't say that. But if Brennan were to play well and keep doing what he's doing, then yes, absolutely, it's Miles Straw. Like, he was horrendous last year. 
and he hasn't exactly been great this year either. 232. Not terrible, but not I good. Mean, it, it doesn't look good. 232? It looks good in our lineup. That's why I yeah, say like, that. That's what we're, we're talking about a guy that's hitting 230, man. Because it's five. With no power. It's, it's .005 away from our two hitter. That's the problem. Agreed. That's an issue. Right. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying that's why it looks it looks better yeah, but in our lineup. Like 232 is not good. No, especially it's not ideal. from a guy who hasn't hit a home run in two years. Yeah. Or like, I mean, I mean that's like a year and a half, whatever the testament you want to go. Last in the lineup usually, so Right, like and he's on a longer contract. Like yeah, it's like five years, twenty five mil, twenty seven something like that. So then but then who takes over center? Brennan, I think. You think he could do center? I think he can. I don't know. I don't have his, like, you know, and you my th- position in the minors you pulled know, up at the moment, but I think he has, even in the bigs, played a little bit of center. I think he has filled in for straw at some points. Do you do you know, then, where I was going with it, why we say it's a one-year rental in right field, and it's a one-year problem, right? Well, were we talking about George Valera yeah. coming up? Yeah. That's what I was saying. Okay. Yeah. No, I got, I got you. I, I agree. Like, Valera at some point has to make the jump. But also, I mean, Valera, I'm, I'm high on him. I think he'll turn it around. But, like, he's been struggling a little bit, too, over the last two years. Like, he's got to bring the strikeout numbers down. No, I agree. But the thing is, like, who do you think is probably, beso- like, non-pitcher? Let's go bats. Who's our best prospect? Prospect? Yeah. Like? Except for, okay, well, that... Bo Naylor will take out of the, the equation because well, Bo I think, Naylor should I still think be probably, up onto the lineup. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably... They do different things, right? Like, it's going to be Valera is your best power hitter right now right. in terms of consistency and power, or else you'd be looking at, like, John Kenzie Noel, but he's a, definitely struggles with the strikeouts. Yeah, and he's... But we're, he's lower on the in the system, right? No, he's at AAA he's now. He's AAA, yeah. Yeah, he, he's now in the Clippers. Um... But overall, bad. I'd probably say Brian Rocchio. And the thing is, Rocchio's already pushing to be starting next year in the lineup. Right. Like you could make an argument. That's for what him, I'm for saying, sure. though. He's gonna like Valera is gonna make a push to start in this lineup next year. Pretty soon, yeah. I mean, so, you you might be able to delay him by a little bit. You, but then you're gonna get into this concept of how we're already treating what's his name, uh, Bo Naylor. Yeah. Right. No. 100%, when he should like, be already there. We're gonna be asking where's Valera for sure. Technically, he's still young. He's 22. Like it's not like a, he has to come up, right? Right. And he is injured but at right some now. Point, which is, you do want to see him up, and I don't think you want to keep him down any longer after. No, but I mean, your argument right now is that he's injured, right? Like, yeah, no, that's you, fair. You can argue like, oh, at the start of next year, he's not ready to come up. And like I said, he has struggled a little bit. The strikeouts are a problem, so you get a little bit of time buying there. But you, he, the, he has to come up at some point, or you have to trade him. Like, yeah, and I don't think they want to trade him. I think Straw. Then you're right. He probably is odd man out because second on the depth chart. I don't know the MLB.com website is kind of weird. I'm assuming he's second on the depth chart. Will Brennan is for in for, terms of like outfield. Yeah. Just are you looking at the roster? Yeah. It's it it's I clicked on the um, depth chart. Okay. Section and that's what it says. It, it doesn't in give, center. It doesn't give out. Yeah, it doesn't. Okay. He says it, obviously he's starting right now in right, right field. Right, right, But he said it for currently the second man listed is Will Brennan. I think he has played center, and we. I mean, we have a couple other guys that could move over, right? Like, 
I know Quan can go over and play center as well. I don't want Quan. Out I, no, I don't. I'm just saying guys who though, could. Yeah. Like you could swap a med back there. He's played a little bit of center, but like I think the the move would be to move Brennan over, and then if you know you like Valera, you just call him up and put him in right. Which I think eventually you're going to have to do it. Actually, wow. Looking at all the transactions, it's labeled as center fielder Will Brennan. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so yeah, it's probably yeah that that makes. So a he, lot can, of sense he can definitely play center. I was just thinking, like even his build and everything, like he's more so looks like a center fielder than a right fielder. Not necessarily six foot two, two hundred. He's a little bit of lankier. He's a quicker guy, though. Like he's not tiny. I'm not. That's I'm not just, I guess I'm that. just comparing it to our current center fielder, Miles Straw, who's five ten, one seventy eight. Right, like. Yeah. That's a bit of a problem, in my opinion, if he's nah, a little smaller. But, I mean, obviously the game of baseball. I think he's fine. can get away with that. He, I mean, he's literally won a gold glove last year. Like, right, obviously. He's okay defensively. But you're right, though. He is 28 years old. Yeah, like You're going to have to start to play a little younger soon. And if especially, too, you're, the name of your game is being an average guy. You don't hit home runs. He has, in his career, five home runs. Yeah, and what, which three is of them insane. were two years ago, right? Something like that. So right, when he was with us, and then you go out there and you're hitting two thirty two in lifetime. He's hitting two forty five. You can't be a guy like you can't be an average guy and like not hit for average. That, that's what I'm saying. You can't just be like like you make up for what you can defensively, and he does because again he's a Gold Glover last but the, year. The thing is, like I don't give two shits about defense at this point because it's really. It's not to the point where it's just like, oh, man, like, okay, if defensive liability, I get it. Like, you got to get another guy out there. But if they can catch a ball, it's really not. I think people, like, overemphasize the fact that the def- like you need to have, like, a guy that's, like, a gold glove def- like defender. No, you really. You don't need a gold glover, but you do need a guy that's good. Like That's what I'm saying. And Brennan's good enough. You don't need. No, I agree. I, I think Brennan's fine in the field. That's not the argument I and made. But, like. Defense isn't a problem until it's a problem. Yeah, no, like, I agree. People undervalue how good a defense can be until it's not good, and then you're like, what is going on? Yeah, and I get it, but like, you're going to tell me that Brennan is going to be this dramatic like difference where it's just like, oh my God, like, no, we probably should exactly. So that's why I'm just saying, like, Miles Straw, it's like, if you're not going to play to that consistent hitter, I'm not going to be like, it's not like the catcher position where I would sacrifice a bat for a defensive guy. Like, I'd immediately, I'd just be like, all right, listen, like, get the boot. You're in center field. We're going to do the, play the dude that has a better stick than you and move out to, like, we'll put in Brennan in center and then try someone else that actually can hit in right field. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, I think that's the eventual move. I just think right now Straw probably has a longer rope just because of they did sign him to a contract. He was really good the first year he came in. With bat in his hands and all, he was just good. And it's been a tail off, and it's just like, all right, you know, we paid the guy kind of long term. Like, you got to, he has to have a longer rope. If you're going to give the guy a five year contract, you can't just boot him. But like, we're coming up onto the point where it's like, hey, you know, you're out of lead, man. The, the rope is right there towards its end. The thing is, he's just fallen off every year because he came in, um, 2018, granted it was only, he played in nine games, nine at-bats, three hits, but 2019, 269 hitter, 2020, uh, he only played in 33 games there. I'm pretty sure that was injury issues 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I like. I'm pretty sure. Um, that was with the Astros, right? 207. So that, yeah, that was with the Astros. Yeah. But then when he in 2021, that's when he starts to really break out. That's when we obviously get him too. Um, in in his that whole season, he batted 271, uh, 266 with Houston, and then 285 with the Guardians. That's where you start to see the potential. But then it starts to fall off in the next year, and and he's batted 221. Last year, like, I, and then two thirty two this year. Yeah, like two eighty five is enough to get a guy paid, probably, especially when you know he's like twenty six. Right. Especially when he's supposed to be that consistent hitter, because I mean, then like you're talking like, all right, top of the lineup guy. I liked just the, get on I liked base. the sign. Like, yeah. I liked them extending was, him at the time, and especially too, because I mean, what he was probably. 25, 26 around that yeah, time. Yeah, I think he was 26. So it wasn't like a move where it's just like, oh man, like you're you're paying a guy that's 28 years old. Right. Like, now you just look and you're like, dude, like we're you're almost 28 goal. years old. Where is it? Right. Like he he was good enough to sign. Like I said, I really liked it at the time, but it's just ever since he got the money, now. yeah, it's just gone. Yeah. And sometimes you do see that with some of these guys where they get the money and they just kind of fall off but then there's other guys too where it's just like they elevate their game <clears throat> so anthony rendon yeah oh well, that oh yeah man. <laughs> um but no i just i feel like that's one of those things where i think i like to talk about the future of the guardians more than what's happening right now in the sense of you, baseball's such a day-to-day game man no like I, that's why i'm with you i like to talk about the future because like we we do these weekly updates, and like we've talked about the Gardo meter. I am the Gardo meter. Like right. my mood changes based on these episodes week to week because I'm sitting there watching them go six and four in their last ten this week, and next week I could get on here and they're going to be two and eight and I'm going to be pissed. Right. But it's literally the span of you know six games and 162 game season. But it, but I feel like the reason why I talk about it is because we have the potential. To do damage in the future if we get the star power that we need, if our prospects come up and start to be the guys that we expect them to be. But the thing is, like, right now we're not going to, I don't think we're going to win anything. I don't think so either, but I'm also sitting here thinking. Because again, it just goes back to that mediocre, mediocre thing where it's just, we're, I mean, we get into the, great, we make the playoffs. I'm sick and tired of just making the playoffs and then just nothing else happening after that. I mean, same. My problem is I look at this roster and just go, like, who's out, dude? Like, we've done this before, but we're going to do it again right now. We've done it with wide receivers with the Browns. Yeah. Why not do it right here? Right. Quan, not going anywhere, right? Like, he's not playing well this year. I think he's hitting, like, 255. but Which is still not even terrible. It's not terrible, but it's not what Quan was last year either. Right, obviously. I think that's more, he has a longer rope. Oh, he does. And the thing is, like, eventually, like, if it still continues into next year, then we're in the mile straw conversation where it's just like, listen, like, where did you go? Yeah. But, again, I'm not ready to move off of Quan. Not yet. I'm going to give him one more year. Yeah. Like, he could struggle for the rest of the year, and I'm still not ready to move off of him. Like, I I like him. The way he played last year was not a fluke. It's and it's also kind of our style of play as well too. He he do, he fits the mold very well of like hard nose, put your head down and work kind of guy. Right, and it's a, it's a con, more of a consistent hitter, um, but it, he needs more of a complement of a power bat. I feel like we don't ha- we lack a ton of home run balls because if you it's good to have average guys, but like 
if you're not going to, if you just have base hit guys, who's going to knock them in kind of thing. Right. Um, so we'll run out the outfield. We talked about Miles Straw. You know, we're kind of reaching the end of a rope with him. Right. Uh, Brennan, if he keeps playing like this, I'm fine with him. You, and if not, a, you find a spot for him. Right. If not, that's your question mark, right? The only way that I can really see about it next year, you call me dumb, you move him to DH, Bell, you figure something out with him, he, he goes away. I mean, how? what was the contract with him? I don't even remember off the top of my multi, head. Was it a multi-year? I wish I could tell you. I really Either way, do. you try to move off Those are things Bell, I should have committed. But the only thing is, like, it doesn't make too much sense if you try to, like, move off of him, in my opinion. But that's the only other way that I could see it really fitting of keeping straw and Brennan and then also... Bell, by the way, uh, he has a player option next year. So maybe he just says, like, fuck it, I hate this shit. It's a, it's Which a, is, a, there's a big possibility that he could just be like, yeah, dude, this sucks. Well, yeah, I don't know it, why I signed there. It was a two-year deal player option. So he's guaranteed up through this year, has a chance if he wants to, to be next year. Right. So he could kick rocks, and that's worse a scenario where it's like, okay, maybe we do keep Straw, keep him in center, move Brennan into the DH spot, and then you have um, Valera kind of step into that role then. You could even move... I mean, theoretically, also like Valera to the DH. Yeah, bigger bat. Either way, like probably. A I'm just saying less the DH spot has to be open for in order for an that outfielder, to work. right? Yeah, not necessarily an outfielder. I mean, if it's Brennan or Valera, yeah, I mean, it's that, an outfielder, right? I'm just saying though, in order for it to work, the DH there has to be Bell has to go, kind of thing. Yeah, because it, no matter what, it's just more of getting another another guy replaces one guy, kind of thing, because they're gonna have to move around. Either way. Yeah, um, but, I mean, Jose, not going anywhere. Nope. Ahmed, on the hot seat for sure. Like, Yeah. I, he's a guy that I could just be seen moved with the way his contract's expiring and the way he's playing. It's And, and people are still going to look at him in a positive light around the league. Like, he's not thought of to be, like, a bum. No, I don't think, I don't think people think of him as a bum, but I don't know... I don't Are think you're you, getting like insane return for I'm, him. But that, okay, what but you're you getting think? probably enough return for him. It's a log jam in the middle infield, man. You got to make moves. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it from that perspective. I'm saying like we're not going to get shit for him. You understand that? I don't think it'll be nothing. I just don't think it'll be good. I mean, he's 27. Yeah, that's not that old, and he's put up a good year literally last year. Yeah, I guess. Like the potential is still there to be good. Yeah, I agree. Like, sometimes it is that change of scenery, and, like, there and will all, be teams and, who will try it. And it does take, all it takes is one is one, for one team to, like, go in and, you know, still have faith in them, because you've seen that in all sports. Right. You're getting prospects and for like that. Yeah, you'll get something. You're getting but, prospects. It's you, This is not a trade unless he's a toss-in with, like, the Bieber deal or something where you're going to get a bat. But even like then, at that point, I wouldn't want to do that because we're losing a two-hitter for this year. Well, you're losing a guy that hits... At the two, I don't know that you're losing a two. I'm just hitter. saying you're losing your. You don't want to trade your shortstop mid year. I do. Okay, then what? How? Who's going to play? Either slide Andres over because Andres is a shortstop. I don't want to bring Rokio up just yet. You don't have to. Gabriel Arias and Freeman are I still guess. sitting right on the roster, man. But do you trust Arias to be a everyday starter? No, but do I there trust Ahmed Rosario right now to be an everyday starter? 
Also, not really more than Ari's, though. That's the problem. If it, I mean, granted, if we did have to, if it was to sweeten the deal to really get someone that we wanted in the Bieber trade, then yeah, I would say okay, maybe. But I, you can't. I mean, no team has like that is like sort of in contention has ever really traded their shortstop because that's supposed to be your guy, like your corner piece of like the infield, uh, yeah, the whole he, defense kind of thing. He's supposed to be, I but get he's it. not right now. No, I, and I completely understand that. But like you just don't see that mid-year with a team that's trying to fight for contention. You see it for a team that's like folding. And if we do like go on a massive lose streak by the trade deadline, then yeah, all for it. Go. Bye. Yeah, but okay, so we're talking about like – I'm pretty sure we're on the same page. Like, we're not winning a World Series this year. No, I agree. So, like, and not that I think and the I'm team say- should be playing that way in their head, but also... I don't think you should... I don't think we're considering ourselves buyers, though. That's the thing. We're, I mean, maybe you get an extra bat, but that's that's about it. I think you're in the, the awkward in-between, which it feels like we always are. Right. Where, like, you're not buyers, but you're not sellers, and the problem, but you're going to do both. The problem is, though, like, if... If we were, if this was the NFL, and say this was the Browns, and we were just in this awkward spot, most likely you're just saying, "Nah, fuck it, we're just gonna tank, get some draft picks, move on." I'm not, and yeah. obviously, we don't have the picks in the first round this year. I'm not saying in that part. I'm saying more of, you usually this is what happens: you tank, get some more picks, or get prospects, or whatever, and then you you move on. But you can't do that in the in the MLB, you you're just you don't tanking's not a real thing. No, you're not going to tank that's, because that's not going to happen. The only reason why you would tank is like the Oakland A's right now, but that's just to get out of Oakland itself. Ew. The, let's yeah. not even start that argument they're, again they're, because they're that was different. Horrible. But they're either way, I'm just else. saying like. So then you have to go out there and just kind of structure your team in the sense of can they play a little bit this year. But also, will they be set for next year? Because in in my opinion, you do move off. I don't think he's on the team next year. Or right. So because Rokio's going to play eventually. But that's the thing, though. When you you trade a guy mid year, your return form is higher. Like you can't move off of him after the year. I just, but like what? I, else I'm pretty is he sure gonna... this year, and I'll look it up to confirm. But like I think he enters arbitration after the season. I just don't know, like if. I mean the same. It's the same boat with Bieber, though. It, you, what are you? Except get another return? year. What do you know? But what are you going to get? Enters, he's in arbitration. His third arbitration this season. Right. Like I just, it, you're not. I don't want to, and I don't want to pay him. No. So if you can trade him, great. But the thing is, like, I just don't. I don't know. It, it, like, what are you? What are you really getting out of him that you're not going to get out of Freeman, Arias, or Rokio, At least in like some capacity. Like maybe a slight downgrade. But I'll tell you what, Ahmed's been really bad defensively too. Yeah, like he hasn't been good. If you put Arias there and you sacrifice a little bit of like average for defense, which you do, like Arias is an incredible defender. Yeah, I guess I don't know, Tyler. I, if you don't want to sacrifice that, you go to Tyler Freeman. He's got the bat. Like I feel like at some point you you're just it's more of if something's right, yeah, I'd trade him this year. But like you'd have to get the exact price that you want for him i'm ready i mean i'm not like, I don't listen think i'll say the- i'll say i'll say it like i don't want he's i don't think he should be starting at short for us next year no i don't think so either and don't, but like, i'm not saying like he can't like we just can't kick the can on our starting shortstop who's a two hitter when we're 
sort of in contention. And I get it. We're not going to win the World Series this year, but that's just not how an MLB team usually operates. And I don't, that you can't go against the grain in some of these scenarios. I guess. I don't know. I just feel like, uh, and I like Ahmed. I do. Like, I don't think he's a bad player. I think this is a bad year for him more than anything. But it's more just the logjam that we have, the backup in the middle infield, where somebody has to go, and you have to make the decision sooner than later. And with him being 27 and not really blooming into a superstar, it's like, you're the guy. And we call him the two-hitter, and 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 he is hitting second, but I don't think he's playing like a two-hitter either. And I agree. And I think Terry Francona kind of messed up and shoved him in that role when, granted, I know the rest of our lineup wasn't doing that, but he kind of screwed it over in that sense of, like, you you played him out to be someone that he's not. And maybe he's not – maybe the thing is, like, he's not comfortable hitting two. You know, maybe he's not a two-hitter, period, and he's maybe just an end-of-the-lineup kind of guy. And we're sticking him in this role. Maybe he excels more in that in that role. Who knows? But the thing I, is, I don't think you should ever commit to putting a guy in a single spot. But the all, here's the other thing too: who would I didn't I can't believe I totally didn't even think of that. Who would trade for a starting shortstop right now? The thing is, you don't have to trade for a starting shortstop. What, okay, then what are you? You're trading, trading for, for a rotational piece, who, by the way, is also a utility guy. Like and he can play the outfield. He could definitely. I think any shortstop can play. So second. you're gonna give up if you're say a team like. We'll go. I keep, I keep using them, but I know it sucks. The Yankees, and you're. You, would you truthfully go out there and be like, "Yeah, let's trade for a Matt Rosario and give up prospects for?" Well, him? first of all, I'm not trading if I'm the Yankees because I have Volpe at shortstop. I'm just saying. In, but okay, like, well, we'll change the team. I, like, Do- yeah, Dodgers. How about that? Like, big uh, team that's about to that's in contention. Yeah, I. It's like, if he gives you an upgrade at any point, then yes. If he's a good bat off the bench, then yes. You're not giving up, like, a star prospect. Like, I'm not saying you're giving up a top 30 guy in your organization. More than likely not. Maybe, like, so 30. So why would you kick the can in him at that point? You have to get rid of him. Maybe, and maybe you do get a top 30 guy out of him. Because maybe you get, like, a, not a 30 this, or a 20. I, and I get it's a logjam right now. Not, not No, no, no. It's not even a logjam right now. It's more of a logjam... In coming years, because it's I more think of it's our a long prospect. Jam. I think it's right now. I just don't. Well, I'm. I'm not really. I don't think so. More of the sense of like, I mean, I don't trust. Freeman is up. Arias is up. Rokio is playing well enough to be up. I get and Ahmed it. and Jimenez are here. But the thing is, like, I, I I can I can feel the whole team with middle infielders on my literal active roster right now. The problem, but the if you go out, like, do you trust Tyler Freeman to be starting right now? About as much as I trust Matt Rosario right now. You no, you're honestly, bullshit. yes. You're, it's bullshit. No with the bat, way. With the bat right now, you're way too low on him at that point. I, I don't. I don't see a point right now where Ahmed is like playing that well. He's coming off a three hit game again. Like, am I going to get better performances here and there out of Ahmed? Yeah, of course. Like, I, just, I, I am, but the consistency right right now is not there. And if you don't ever give these guys everyday opportunities, guess what? You're never going to find out. You move off a of men now. You put one of those guys in that spot, and guess what? If he crumbles, see you later, too. There's your logjam fixed. I don't know. 
like you you have to figure it out at some point. I do. I, I completely understand. I I agree with you in that sense that you do. You, you have can't to just keep playing this, this game of like, oh wow, we're so deep with like middle infield prospects. Like we're we're doing, we're mismanaging the hell out of them. No, and I agree. But the thing is, like, you like don't- there's no reason to have three of these, four of these guys, if you count Jimenez too, sitting on your major league roster not to play the game. And like, Arias is playing everywhere but his designated position. Like, this guy is, you know, maybe he's hitting 195 because he can't get into a rhythm. Like, not only is he not an everyday player right now, but he's also playing first, right, second, short, and third. Like, you, like those things play with a guy's head, for no, sure. I, trust me, I agree. I've That's happened in my life where I've gotten moved around plenty of times. Like, it, it changes, yeah. Like, you're just not in your rhythm. You feel... It's not like uh, I can't hit the ball the same way. It's like your mind is just like somewhere else. Yeah. in a way, you just you're trying to figure out multiple different things, and it just doesn't work out. I don't know. I think that it's it's eventually just going to clear up in the sense of like, no matter what happens, I don't think Ahmed Rosario is going to be with this team moving forward. No, either do I. Mainly just because he's going to be 28. He's going to be a little older, and at that point, you have. A prospect in Rokio that's going to come up and push him out of that spot, and the, but then the, the the log jam continues because then you bring Rokio up. That's why I say you get rid of Ahmed now, right? No, I understand that, but the thing is, it's still it's not like if you get Ahmed back, like if you trade him away, like nothing's really solved. There's still going to be a log jam. You're going to have to get rid of multiple different pieces. Well, that's what I, you okay. So you get rid of Ahmed. Okay. Okay. Med's gone. Like that. No that matter what, up one yeah. spot. Okay. Right. Like if I'm saying, if you trade him by the deadline, okay, the deadline comes up. We're now talking. You still got like, you know, couple months. Couple months of baseball. I'm making one of those guys my everyday shortstop or second baseman. Like I'm, I'm just committing to it. Right. Like I get it. Like it might not be the best option in terms of like win now, but we we have to solve it. So like one of those guys, I'm saying. Free reign. Here you go. Like whichever one I trust more. If you crumble and you you can't get into a rhythm, you don't pick it up. You're gone too, right? But like, what are you gonna like? There's. So then the next guy, Tyler, like Tyler Freeman, like, what are you gonna do with him? You're gonna trade him? Yeah. If if you get the if you get value, like there's nothing you that dude is probably worth nothing in my opinion. That's fine. So you, then you, you need just to, to cut them at yeah. that point. There, there comes a time where you you can only be high on prospects for so long. No, I and I completely. And, and then understand. it's time to cut the ties, man. Like, and I'm I getting get to it. that point with Arias. But again, I'm I'm coming to his defense because he's been everywhere. And but I'm where not he's defending. Supposed to be. And I'm not like saying he's horrible or anything like that. By all means, I don't think so. I think that and again, it's, you know what? Maybe I agree he is. Maybe, I, but we just I, don't, I don't know, know because that's he, the thing. Yeah, he hasn't played the spot that he literally got. Traded for in that sense. And like yeah, I said, I just, he doesn't have to be the shortstop either. No, right. But it, just find a consistent role for him. Like set him into a place, man. Like at that point, though, you know what I would do? I'd probably move off of him because I think you could get more value. Because you already have your second baseman, you already have your shortstop. At that point, get a guy who's going to get you the value. I think you. Tr- and then Tyler Freeman's just a backup at that point, and you have two everyday starters in your second baseman and your shortstop. I mean, I'll be honest. I, I think they would try. I, I don't know who they would try, but if I if I was thinking, I would think they would go to Freeman first, 
just because but you're not going to get shit for Freeman. No, That's I agree. Yeah. I agree. You're not. But I, I think you go to him first in the sense of you can still get Arias to play, and like you can still you know make the case that you're not just ripping him of reps because you are getting him into the lineup and playing. It's just not every day. Whereas Freeman's not really a utility guy. The the but the thing is the debate goes to okay then who's starting at short next year? Is Rokio for sure lock? I think he's a lock to make the roster. I don't think, I think you he's lock, lock him into an everyday shortstop to begin the year. And then Ari's... I don't even too. think he's a lock to make the roster, honestly. Right. Well, I, I think he should, but I mean, we play with this game every year, right? Like, Ellie De La Cruz for the Reds, who we talked about earlier this episode, was should have been a lock to make the Reds roster by talent. But they boned him over. Right, but you leave him down there a little bit, and you just... Like, that's that's what happens. You figure right. it out. You, you let things kind of pan out, and when he comes up, it's fine. Then he's your everyday shortstop, but you had time to figure it out. And to their defense, I believe it's Matt McLean is the guy who got called up before him because Ellie dealt with a little bit of an injury at some point this year. McLean's hitting like 330. Like, he's a lock on this roster now, too, so it worked out for him. Yeah, I think that overall it's just, I don't know, Ari's 23. I think you're just going to get a little bit more potential out of him. You don't know if he's going to be the starter. But the thing is also, too, Freeman, he's pretty low in the lineup. He's 24 years old. Which is why I think you try him first. You have more time with Arias. You just do. Yeah, but then you're just continuing to screw him over reps, too. It's a business side of things at some point, right? Like I'm all for the players, and I want to figure out what's right. But if I have to go systematically as an organization to figure it out, I'm keeping the utility guy around longer. Like, if you can give me multiple positions, that's fair. Like, why why wouldn't I hold you longer? And you can play right, you can play first, second, short, third. Like, there's so many different places that I can put you that you don't have to be my everyday shortstop. Even if he never becomes one, he's still useful to you. Yeah, and more so useful to you that if that Tyler Freeman would be as a backup. The only thing is, if useful in the sense of if you're going to keep throwing him around at different positions and he's no, that's, still going to mess with his head. So it, I don't know. We're just in a really deep rabbit hole though. There. Yeah. No, you are. I, that's again, that's what I'm saying though. Like he's useful to you as a utility player at that right. point. And maybe he does get shortstop reps that next year, right? If you move on from Freeman, if he doesn't play well and you move on, then yeah. And if not, if Freeman does play well, then you got the right guy, right? Like at least in theory. And then you have Arias filling in spots where, you can have other guys on the roster that are going to be better backups at specific positions because Arius can fill so many gaps. Yeah. Either like it's, it's a business model, right? It's a like, business model, yeah. like it, It's not a happy-go-lucky, you find the best player and everything works out the way it should. It's like if I was an organization and I was going for the most logical response to what I need to do, I'm putting the older guy who plays less positions out there first. I guess, yeah. I think it's just it, it, it's complex in the sense of the minor leagues kind of throw it a little curveball because in like the NFL and the NBA you don't really see that too much where it's just like a guy like hey like this guy's pushing you know the rest of the team and stuff it's usually other bench guy bench to starter but now you have minor league to bench to starter right so it adds a whole different element to it but I don't know I think the rest of it like Naylor you look at Naylor. I think that's probably a lock moving forward. Yeah, he's so much so of like a... Because he's really come around this year. I, I it, 
He's picked up a lot. He's hitting like 270 yeah, right now. I think he's currently leading um, the team in batting average right now. I, out of qualified players, I think you're absolutely right. And yeah. he might just be in general. But um, Yes, yeah, 270 he's currently hitting. And then, I mean, Bell, same thing where it's just like... If he wants to be here, great. they're going to keep him. If he doesn't mean, want to be here, then you let him walk and yeah, you trust in the system. If he player options point. out, right, like you're not going to get him again. No, you can't do that because he just clearly does not want to be there. Jimenez is obviously here for a little bit longer too because he just signs a contract. I think Zanino's the last guy that, the last piece to all of this where it's just like, he's he's a one-year rental in my opinion. <laughs> Dude, I think he's less... I don't think you. I don't think you move off of him this year. I think you might, like, because well, the problem is that, like you didn't go and get him though. Is like a he's gonna be a star. He gets a long leash. Like no, I, he was a guy that was good two years ago who is now coming off an injury, an injury year where he wasn't good before the injury, and like you, we're just looking at Zanino right now with too much confidence. Like I think even this organization is to the point where they're like. I don't know, guys. Like he's hitting 190 and not hitting the ball out. The the thing I want to make like a point to here is one. I think it's not if, but when Zanino's gone this year. Like I, I think there's a chance you like DFA or cut him. I'm not even I don't kidding. Think you, mm, and, no, because the problem is you don't know. Like I understand. Like everyone's like, yeah, Bo Naylor, Bo Naylor, bring him up. Like start him every day. I get it, but it's just it's going to be really hard to start a rookie. In the middle of the season, this is because that that had to have been a move that you did in April, not in the middle of June, July, or August when you're kind of already in the swing of things. I don't. When did uh? And obviously, these two teams in a little bit different positions. But when did Adley get the call up? I, I want to say it was more towards this time of the year, maybe even later. But the thing is, at the the record, I mean, they were. Like last in the division, that's the thing. And Adley Rutschman was the guy. Like everyone, he's he's this the catcher of all catchers. He breaks the model of a usual catcher. Like that's I think a different story in the sense of like he was their highly highest rated prospect. He was the guy that everyone was like waiting for. And granted, I know we were waiting for Bo Naylor too. It's not the same. It's not it's like not Adley Rushman even close was like to be the same. We're the best prospect in baseball. Like I, I'm not saying Bo's Adley. I'm just saying that there's this guy was game break. Like he changed how teams view the catching position because now you're not. Now we're going out and shopping for a guy that can be a bat and a catcher. And not just a catcher. Because we've done that in years past with all of our catchers where it's just like, okay, they're good defensively, but, you know, we'll just put them last in the lineup just because they're, you know, they suck at hitting. Yeah. I, I Like I said, I don't think Bo's Adley. Like, I don't want to make that. No, not at all. We're not saying no. that at and, all. And I know this, this team is different than the Baltimore team that called up Adley Rushman. Like, they are without a doubt a different team. But also, like... He he came up and he just like he was fine and like your yeah. catcher, while he's considered to be like an everyday guy, he's not an everyday guy. Like you give your catcher breaks, yeah. Like Bo would be out of the lineup at times. Like it's almost every other day for these guys. I just think that it's 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 going to be hard to throw a guy in in the middle of the season that was already at the catcher position. In my opinion, I think it's more of just a thing of if you. <sighs> If he was a different guy, we were like really like if it was injuries too, 
then I could see you bring up Bo Naylor, you know, Zanino's hurt or something, and you bring him up, and he gets some reps. But, like, it's one of those things where if you didn't do this earlier in the season in April, you can't really do it now. I mean, wasn't this, the, like, the same scenario that we went through with Lindor for, like, the longest time, but then we eventually did bring him up? And so, look how it panned out. Right. Like, so, like, it, there, you can make a case, like, in that. But I think that's a different scenario where it's, like, when when that happened— what was our team like? Wasn't it like dog shit? I mean, they weren't great, but they were. But we weren't in contention for anything at that point. I, I would have to look at a deeper dive. I just to I, see if we were even in like playoff contention, like top of the division. Contention. I don't even think we were because the problem is like I mean there, that's there like were a couple what, years like right 20, around there where we were bad. It's like 2012, 2013 kind of yeah, era. Those were yeah, bad years. The very bad years. But the thing is, like, I just don't feel comfortable. Because it's almost in the same sense of like, if you do rush someone out there when it's in the playoffs and they're starting to like make their first appearances and stuff like that, and they're not, maybe they're not like ready for that mentally and mature enough for it, you could potentially screw them. Because like, I don't want to walk into Yankee Stadium playing against the the Bronx Bombers and you have a rookie that could really lose a lot of confidence in himself in a, because of you're putting up against you're going against the like Goliath. I just don't think that it makes sense in the in the point of like you're going to rush these guys up here middle of the season when you should have done it earlier in the season and you were confident when you got Zanino that it would be okay because you thought he would be at least maybe like a 250 hitter hitting some bombs for you and he is just not even close to it. And I think you just, one of those things where you just shot yourself in the foot and you just, eh, you know? Yeah, I mean, my two counter arguments are going to be, one, if you call up Bo Naylor and he just absolutely craps the bad there's still no shot he's playing worse than Zanino and Cam Gallagher. I mean, no, oh, and I get it, like, but he, he's got to at least be playing on par with those guys. I feel like the it's more of a sense of like you're going to affect him in the future. You know, like it's going to be it's, it's possible. It could be a confidence thing, but where in the case of like Zanino, you don't give two shits about him next year or how he is mentally going to be next year, which sounds really fucked up. But it's just the truth of no, the matter. No, That's it, the business side again, of the baseball. It's, it's business. You, you care more about your prospect who could be good for so many years, except instead of a guy that is in his, what, 30, yeah, 32. Like, yeah. I just don't. It's one of those things where you kind of just bite the bullet and say, like, okay, we fucked up. We should have done this earlier, just and kind of move on. I, I think it's a time where you look and you go, we fucked up. We should have done this earlier. Might as well go do it now. But like my second point would be that if Bo Naylor is anything like Josh Naylor, like I mean, they are literally blood related. They are siblings. Right. I get. Yeah. And Bo Naylor is not crumbling to the pressure of New York. I mean, Josh Naylor was rocking the baby in Yankee Stadium this year. Like no, and and I completely agree that you could. It's it's a fifty fifty shot. It really is. You could have. A spark plug that this team needs in, you know, obviously ceiling. Like, you could have a guy that is finally a defensive catcher and also a power bat. Like, you you finally get that. But on the flip side, you could potentially 
ruin a guy's career by throwing him out there too soon when you really don't even have to do it because you're going to already have to deal with the Yankees and you're probably not going to even win that series at this point. I just don't know how long you sit on a guy, man. Like, you know, no matter what, like, like if he's not okay, up next and year. And you know what? That That's fine. We can go away from Bo Naylor, which final point on him, by the way, it, this is very possible and it's also very possible that it's wrong. I've seen it floating around on Twitter. It, it's 100% a true fact, but I don't know if the guards are actually considering this. There's a big complicated set of rules with service time and how it plays into a guy being able to file for arbitration between minors and major leagues because you can't go to arbitration until basically you're a major leaguer. And Bo spent about seven-ish days up in the majors this year. Um, And if we went to roughly two weeks from now, that would set Bo to be able to be on the active roster for the entire year and not eclipse that service time to the point where this would count as a full year for him. I just think that they, like, like, then... I'm not, again, I'm not saying that's what's happening, but, like, it's possible for sure. No, 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 I, I completely agree. I'm just saying, like, why would you, like, put yourself in the scenario then at this point? And why don't you just decide to, like, okay, eventually bring him up? Or keep them because down kind of we're an organization who doesn't pay the big money and will never be paying the big That's money. That's fine then. Then trust in your prospect early on in the season and don't go sign Zanino. Well, no, that's what the thing is though. Here, like, yeah. I mean, signing Zanino is that's a shot in the dark that they went for. That's I think aside the difference, but this is trusting in your prospect. This is wanting to get an extra year out of him being a quote unquote prospect and not actually counting against his major league eligibility. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like we just wouldn't be in this scenario if we didn't go out there and go and sign Zanino to be our starting catcher. If we just promoted Bo Naylor from the start, oh, it's it's a different game. It's, it's a, different a whole game. different ball game. So they shot themselves in the foot completely with the catcher's position. I'm usually pretty okay with what we do with prospects and bringing them up in time and trading away guys too. But I think if you're gonna go out, I think. My biggest problem is when we sign guys, I think we're just complete morons in that sense. And we just, like, I don't know what kind of inspired us to be like, all right, we're going to go with Mike Zanino, who's a catcher in his 30s and is on a steady decline, and we're going to make him our starting catcher when we have a guy in the minors who could easily be a starting catcher right now for us. I just don't think, I think it was just completely dumb in that sense. And we've had dumb free agent signings all the time. And if you're not going to go and spend the big money, fine. Go trust in your prospects. Because the the thing is, like, they're not fully trusting in their prospects. Because if no. they did, Bonet would already be up. And there would probably be a couple other guys, too, that would already be up into this yeah. into this organization. But it's, it goes to show you, like, you got to be two feet into this process, and they're not. They're not trusting in those prospects to be able to bring them up. And they're going to go and sign these mediocre free agents that aren't going to do shit for the program. And they just, it, it doesn't pan out. Yeah. And I also will say, like, if it's not Bo Naylor right now, and this is why I think Zanino's gone either way, like, you maybe you're playing the right point, right? Maybe you don't call up Naylor right now. This is just not the time to do it. It's too late into the season. You know who it's not too late to call up? Zach Collins. Zach Collins. That's what I was thinking too. Zach Collins is 28 years old, man. Like, and he's has and he's MLB has major experience. league experience. 
He's better than Zanino. He's better than Gallagher. I just don't think that they have the balls to truthfully do that and go out and cut Zanino because it's like one of those things where I'm going to compare it to the NFL right now. You think the Bears really were like, truthfully, they probably should have cut Chase Claypool or try to move off of him in any sort because you know what? Chase Claypool is not a good wide receiver and they they literally spent a second round pick on him. That's a mid-year trade though. Like You're not going to move off a guy after you trade from him in the same year. I'm just saying in general that... Well, that's a but that's the thing we signed. It, but it's a beginning of the year signing, right? Like, you, you did give up a second round pick for him. You're not getting the second round pick back, which I you're think not getting actually, the money back that you're just paying this bozo. Well, you're not getting it back either way if you cut him or you keep him. Right. But the thing is, I just I think that you're I. The problem is at this point, I think you just, get more production out of cutting him. No, and I agree, but they're just not going to own up to that fact that okay, we screwed up. We didn't. We had decent catchers in the past. And now we don't. We suck at that part. And it, the thing is, like, okay, eat your words, whatever. You screwed up, and the or, like. The fans will be okay if you go out there and you make a change. It's not I, like I we're honestly, like. I, I think this team owns up to it. I, I really think they do at some point I just this don't year. Think they do it. I, I, I understand the feeling, and I get it, but I really do think they at some point make the change. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I guess. Yeah, I feel like it makes. I mean, that was really all we had prepped, and we are running a bit long. I did forget to touch on one point that we skipped over when we kind of jumped around, and it was been a big problem the last few days. So I do want to touch on it before we wrap things up. Yeah, dude, this bullpen right now. Yeah, like statistically, we're like a middle of the road, but they get shelled at the most inopportune times. That's what. That's the and big. It, like, sorry to cut you off, but like, it's no, not it's, it's one guy. Like, it's not like I'm just sitting there. I'm like, this guy's bad. This guy's bad. And this guy's bad. Like, it, they're good until they need to be good, and then they're bad. The the problem, and it doesn't matter who you throw. The problem is that's. I, I think this directly goes in line with why Emmanuel Classe has been used so much. I don't. By care. the way, three out of the last four games. I don't care if like people are like, okay, appearances, like he's sort of close to it and stuff like that than others. He's still been used a ton in that sense. It's it's like kind of mind boggling. And I think the reason why he's been used so much is because we have no one else that we could trust. Karen Check is he could be really good or he could be absolutely horrible. He could lose you a ball game. And the rest of this bullpen is kind of the same way right now. Like, We're, I would have said that our highest confidence guy going into a couple days ago would have been Anil De Los Santos. He's been pitching I said very that well. Too. I said that a couple weeks ago. I was just like, all right, this, he's been doing pretty well. Like, I'm seeing some potential out of it. And the not first anymore. four guys reach base on him in that five to four loss against Boston, and they all come around to score, and he blows the game. I I just don't I don't. And I get every bullpen guy's not perfect, right? Like, you're going to have bad days, but, like... Everyone's it, consistently being bad right now. That's when they the need problem. to be. Like, yes. It's, it's when it counts. Like you, Yeah. It feels like every opportunity that we have a time to close out a game, the bullpen is right there to somehow screw it up. And like I said, it's not one guy. Like, it's it's Karinchek, it's Klasse, it's Anyel, it's Eli, it's Trevor Steffen, it's Sam Henches. Like, I'm just looking at our bullpen right now, and I'm like... I thought these guys were good, but I have zero trust in any of them when it counts. Who am I throwing in the eighth inning right now? No one. Like, who? 
Like, there's not one guy that I look at on our roster right now, and I'm like, that's my eighth inning guy. We tried Karinchek, we've tried Stefan, we've tried De Los Santos. They, they've all blown it at some point already this year. Stefan's was the one that they went to last night. Um, only gave up a hit. Um, no strikeouts, no walks or anything like that. I mean, Hedges was the other one that gave up uh, the... No, I believe it was... Who was the other one that gave up the run yesterday? Uh, I actually think... It wasn't... It might have been Bybee. Yeah, I, I think they both went on Bybee, but one the of them was like, unearned. I just don't know, like... I mean, Eli Morgan... They have they have days where they actually do decent. That's right? what I'm saying. They're like not last bad. Night, last night, Eli Morgan goes out and gets three Ks, one inning. Like they're not bad. That's the just, thing. Like, they're, they're really not. It's the consistency issue where it's just you don't. You I don't, don't even think it's consistency. Place. Like their stats are good. I, I think it's like situational. Like when you look at their like statistically, they're one of the best bullpens in the MLB. When you uh, like, go out and accommodate for, you know, like, you look at advanced statistics, stuff like that, like FIP and all that. Like, when you yeah. really take a deep dive into it, they're a little bit more closer to middle of the, like, bull, like middle of the line bullpen. But, like, if there was a stat to calculate crunch time in, like, late inning when it counts and just, like, pick apart the key moments, we would have to be literally 30th. I just, I think that... When, especially too, when you're dealing with guys that with injuries in your starting rotation and they can only go a certain amount of innings, it doesn't help that your bullpen is just absolutely shitting the bed when they need to be pitching well. Like, luckily, yesterday you go out there and you get four innings from Morgan Henches, Stefan, and Classe that provided no runs. But, that doesn't happen most of the time. Right, you're going to throw I them out there think again two days from now and they're going to give up six. Right, I still think it is inconsistency in the sense of like there's no consistency of who we're going to go to in the point of a in a scenario and it's always the wrong decision of the guy that they choose. Dude, I heard Tom Hamilton say, and listen, Hammy is usually my guy. Like, <laughs> I will swear by the book by Hammy. Love the guy. right. But I heard him say the other day that Tito has managed this bullpen really well. No. And I just don't think he has. Dude. Not like, even close. Like, I, I'm not putting it all on the shoulders of the bullpen guys or all on the shoulders of the offense or on all the shoulders of Tito. But, like, I, I, the, there's been mismanagement. There's there, no there doubt about been. it. And, like, in the bullpen especially. Yeah, like, I agree. There, there's times where I look, and, and it happened again the other night. The bases are loaded, and you go to G- James Karinchek. Like, I, I don't know why you would go to Karen check when... Like, he's not a guy that I want inheriting runners. No. Not he's a little wild, but he works himself up and works himself out. Like, that's what happens. Like, you give him a little time to ramp up in an inning, and it typically right. goes pretty well for you. Maybe he gives up a hit or a walk or something like that when you put him in a scenario where he starts off the inning. That's the key. and he Even when he's at his best. Even when he's at even his when best. he's at his best, yes, that's what happens. That's you know that he is a very high energy. You're gonna get some streaky stuff, so you got to give him the perfect scenario whatsoever. Most likely, it's gonna be you have a lead, a decent amount of lead, and no one on base, fresh clean slate, and you just go out there and you pitch a guy that has a streaky 
meant like I, I, play style, I guess. But like, I just don't understand. Like, I get like trying to get him more reps in those scenarios to see if he could try to do something like that. But it's been too long. I, I know what kind of guy he is. You already know what kind of guy is too. So it's just like at that point, you're kind of just like, like don't do it. Don't even try to force that into. Just don't know force him into a role that he's not going to be good in. Start him into the eighth inning. That's like if he ha- if we have the lead and you can afford to maybe give up a hit or two. Yeah, go ahead and throw out, throw him out there. But hey, the thing is, like, you just can't. How about this? When a guy's doing really good, that's when I trust him to pick up a little more responsibility, a little more pressure. Not when he's struggling. No. Like Karinchek has been like pretty bad this year. It's 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 been it's been on and off. He's picked things up as of late, and like he's gone through like stretches, you know, kind of like a hills and valley scenario. But like that's what, he's been struggling wanna, overall. That's not where you start mixing things up on a guy. You don't want to have a hills and valley for a reliever, right? Out of out of all people, that's the problem. And you, you, it's been way too volatile with him. In order for him to keep having that role of you're gonna go and be the guy in the eighth inning. Because when you're when your eighth inning guy has a three seventy six ERA and at one point was in the fives too, I will be yeah. noting that. I I just don't you can't ever ever put him in a tight situation where he could give up runs. No, and and again, there, there's been mismanagement in the bullpen, and it's been with Karinchak. I We've talked about it several times. It's been with Colossae. It, it's is, still happening with Colossae. And the problem is, like, I, and, I, and I know, here's the counterpoint. Like, who do you throw out there in those eighth innings? You, like, literally nobody. Because we were saying maybe Santos eventually steps into that role, but clearly not with him. Um, I mean, Henches. Has this team drafted a reliever at ever? any point well i was actually thinking the other day about like, like what relief think, prospects do we have i don't think there's really a relief prospect thing well there, there's not go. right like most guys don't come into the league is like oh I'm a, unless you're like a closer like yeah, there, just, there are like kind of closer I guys just don't think of guys that are highly drafted that are reliever closer kind of guys dude but there's no they're like, usually they got to come out of somewhere well they're usually just starters and then they eventually are like eh, you're not good enough to start but, yeah, you but have then a usually couple of good innings then you turn into a reliever right that's what i'm saying like, that's closers are a different do. story not necessarily i i don't think every closer is always a closer but i think a lot of the times those guys are like they've been coming out of the pen for longer than like i think before they get to their minor league career at least before they're making the jump up to like double a triple a yeah at some point but i think at when they're drafted, I think they're all drafted as starting pitchers, and it's kind of filtered into the sense of, okay, you're a starting pitcher, and now you're going to start to work down, and, oh, you're not as good as we thought you were in the long term, so we're going to put you as a long reliever. Oh, you can only go two innings. You're going to be just a reliever, or you're only good in tight situations. You're a closer kind of thing. And yeah. I think it just kind of slowly trickles down. I because I don't, I can't really recall someone getting drafted that was a reliever. It's got to happen, right? I'm sure, like in some scenarios, like there's, there's but college like, guys who are relievers, right? But those usually the guys that get drafted in college, no, are starters. The starters are 100 percent drafted higher, right, without a doubt. Not, but I think it's more of I think those are guys that are only getting drafted. 
because I don't think anyone in Vanderbilt's bullpen in that sense is really getting drafted. I don't know. We're gonna have to do a little bit of research. Yeah, I'll probably do. I was th- I was well, actually thinking about that the other day. That was kind of funny that you brought that up. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to dig into that a little bit, but maybe for the next episode we will talk about that one. Yeah. Speaking of next episode, I think it's about that time to start thinking about the next episode because this one pretty much all wrapped up. Yeah, basically. That was a long one. How? What's the official time right yeah, now? Yeah, we're, we're closing in on two hours right now. Yeah, so. figured. Oh, well. But it hey, was fun. Yeah, got to get it out. Got to have some fun. Uh, went off on some tangents. Definitely was not the most structured episode we've ever had, but... these That's the thing with these, uh, these Friday Guardians episodes. It's going to most likely be a lot more or less structured just because it's, it's it's harder to consistently find something when you're in the dead period of just baseball you know nothing going on with any other sport in this sense yeah nothing wrong with a couple stories and stuff coming out no, either not at all no it's good to mix those in but exactly yeah i think that about uh closes out on our episode as always make sure you're hitting the follow button on the podcast hit that little bell so you get notifications when we're posting and uh follow us on socials that's mbtt pod on twitter mistake by the take on instagram you can always find me jake volnick at twitter or volnick2 on twitter and dylan socials d y felt on both instagram and twitter because he is good at it thanks man no problem that's why you're better than me i'm gonna take a nap now yeah i really wish i could i really wish i could it's a tough scene oh well yep work podcast and then more work isn't that great exactly non-stop but uh we love it, and that's why we keep it going. Exactly. But that'll do it for us. Jake Volnick, Dylan Feltovich, another episode of Mistake by the Take. We'll be posting again coming up on Wednesday. Deuces. See ya.